0: So, who's ready for the word today? Awesome. So, we're kicking off this message series, and the title of the series for the next four weeks is, What Am I Here For? What Am I Here For? And it certainly can't be proven, but it's arguably the most often question that has ever been asked throughout all of history through all people groups all cultures for hundreds actually thousands of years people have been asking the question what am I here for? What is my purpose? What's the meaning of life? There are many ways that that could be approached and and I believe that when we read the Word of God and we we read this Bible, that we begin to uncover answers to this question that God has given us that really are actually presented all throughout the Scriptures. Now, there's different ways that you can preach and teach a message there's what's called an expository type of teaching where we would go through line by line or word by word in a verse or a a section and break every bit of that down and look at the meaning and the context and all that and that is part of a proper way of approaching and interpreting scripture as well as a great way to teach and to preach Um, there's also another way That's called topical teaching and that's more what we're doing over the next four weeks. And what that is is that you take an overarching principle, an overarching truth that's in the word of God that we see consistently throughout scripture from beginning to end and you begin to teach on that overarching principle and then break down in the Bible throughout many places beginning to end where that truth is being displayed and being taught. Now, I don't want to suggest to you that I'll be able to unpack every verse in every scripture. Of course, we can't do that in the time allowed to us. But we're going to look at a number of verses that I would consider to be like anchors in scripture that really answer uh, this question for us of why am I here? What am I here for? What is my purpose? Now, for me personally, uh, this message series is I view this as like 17 years of preparation. Uh, the reason I say that is when I first came to know the Lord, when I was born again and gave my heart to Jesus, I was 22 years old back in 2003. So I'm 33 now. <laughs> and, uh, and I was fortunate and blessed to sit under the amazing teaching of what I consider to be one of the spiritual giants of our generation, uh, Pastor Rick Shelton, and what he taught throughout all of his ministry, uh, a part of his doctrine, his theology that was, you know, always coming through in the way he encouraged and edified the body of Christ is that God has created you for a purpose, that God is a destiny, a plan for your life it's not God in some distant land and we're just like a bunch of puppets down here and he's just pulling strings and calling shots and we you know God and and we're just a part of nothing God has a plan for our lives that he has created us for and once I heard that once that truth sank in for me it just changed everything because my response to that became, I can't seek, I can't pursue, I don't desire anything else except this plan, this purpose, that God, the creator of heaven and earth, has created me for. Nothing else will do anymore. And I think that when we examine Scripture, guys, it's of no surprise, really, that this question has been asked By so many for so long, what is my purpose? What am I here for? Because God has created every person, every human being. There is like an internal need or a desire in our heart to be able to know, to satisfy the answer to this questions that frankly, every heart, every person is asking or will ask at some point in their life. And we can open up and look at a, the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, and I want to read this for you uh, in the Amplified Version, but listen to this. It says that God has made everything beautiful and appropriate in its time. He has also planted eternity, a sense of divine purpose, in the human heart, a mysterious longing For which nothing under the sun can satisfy except for God. Isn't that powerful? So think about this for just a second. Anything that is created, and of course we know that we are created. So we are beings, created beings. But anything that is created is created for a purpose. And in order to understand that purpose, you can't really question the thing that's been created. You have to look to the Creator to understand the purpose for which it has been assigned. And God has created you. He's created us all. And when He created us, He assigned us, each and every one of us, with purpose. So what that means is that there's no other source that we can go to, no other person, individual, no other philosophy that we can approach to try to answer the question, why am I here, what am I here for, other than the very one who has created each and every one of us. It's in him alone that that answer can be found. And I think that for much of the world many people are they're striving to satisfy the need the answer the desire to this question what am I here for and unfortunately trying to fill it trying to satisfy it trying to answer it with all kinds of other sources other solutions aside from the very one that can provide that answer for them which is God and God alone. And so they come up empty. They try to fill it with this thing or that thing or this pursuit or that relationship or whatever it might be. And it might seem for a short time like, okay, things are going well. This is good. Yeah, this is what I'm here for. But ultimately and eventually, because that's truly not the reason that they were created, it ultimately ends up going down a path that results in something empty and dysfunctional. And people are left with sorrow and heartache. I've been in ministry now long enough and and doing life with people from from this place of pastoring them that I've even come to kind of recognize, I'm not saying that you can always make all the sense in the world of this, but come to recognize when someone is, is in a situation where they are experiencing this emptiness, when they have not really been able to find The the truth in the word of God that it's it's actually in God that you seek and that you find and that you walk in the purpose for which you are created for. It's almost like there are symptoms of this emptiness, of this filling that need that God put in them with something other than the source for which they've been created to have it filled by. And, and and when that happens, it's actually something that makes me excited, that makes me want to jump because I feel like I can lead them down a direction and say, look, I know the answer I I know the answer that you're looking for. I know the one and I can introduce you to him and I can point you in the direction of where these answers that men have been searching for since time began can be found, and there's no other place to which they can be found. And it's the beauty of that, folks, is it puts to death all other options, and it makes our solution central, and makes it one, and we can focus on that. So think about a, a thing that's created. Like, take this little device, for example. It's been around for a pretty long time. A lot of great things have been accomplished through this device right here. Obviously. If you don't know, it's called a hammer. (laughs) And of course, there's been, you know, little iterations and improvements, different designs and stuff along the way. But for the most part, this thing has remained relatively the same because it gets the job done. I mean, you walk outside, you look around, you don't have to take more than one step to find things all around you that this little tool has been used to construct. It's done its job very well because it's created specifically to frame to hammer to remove nails to put nails in to put things up and if you try to use a different tool say a shovel to do the job that the hammer is created for you're going to end up very frustrated and it's going to end up resulting in failure now if you try to use this hammer for a purpose other than which it's been created for like let's say cam had this really bad itch on the back of his neck and we decided we're going to use this hammer to try to take care of it. That's not going to leave Cam very happy at the end, right? Because that's not the purpose for which it's been created. And I just want to suggest to you that for many people in our world, they're functioning in a way, they're trying to live in a way where they're really misaligned With the purpose that God has actually created them for. And they're trying to live with a different purpose of their own or with the world's. And it's really just continuing to result in failure, uh, heartache, and them coming up empty in the pursuit of trying to satisfy this deep internal need that God actually put in them and created them with. But once that desire, what am I here for, what's my purpose, begins to get touched, once it begins to get satisfied and answered for somebody from the source alone that can provide that, it begins to create a passion like an inferno on the inside of them to which they can no longer live for any other reason but that which God has created them for. And that's where I want to take us today is to look at the scriptures and to see in many places where God is, is... speaking about this he's touching on the human heart in his word to say this desire that's in you I have the answers I've given you the solution in my word to know how to know this how to seek this and how to flourish in this and so through the next four weeks I'm actually going to break this down in four different sections the first week so today uh, is called discover so the whole idea in this is that we examine the scriptures and that we discover, we get the revelation that, yes, I do have a purpose. God has created me for a destiny. And the reason I say that is this, okay? The, if, if we don't get the revelation and discover from the truth of the word of God that we are created for a purpose, then folks, at best, this is a motivational message for you, at best, and it will not sustain you, and the Bible even speaks about like seed, referring to the word of God, how sometimes seed is sown on stony ground, rocky soil, and that when it's received initially by the person, there's joy, there's excitement, they like it, it's pleasing to them, but Because there is no root in them, that as soon as they experience persecution or trial in the world, they're immediately pulled from the truth and they abandon those ways. So it cannot be a motivational message or something that's just pleasing to your ear. My prayer is that God, by His Holy Spirit, would reveal to you, through the Word that He has created you for a purpose so that this is something that actually becomes a part of faith for you inside in your spirit. And, and to understand that, we look at what the Bible says. It says that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by what? The Word of God. So when you hear the Word of God, the messenger of truth, the Holy Spirit, brings revelation, uncovering, unveiling, into your spirit, and then what the Bible also says about faith is that it's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. So once we receive revelation from the word, we hear it, then it produces faith. You say, how can I grow my faith? How do I increase my faith? I'm telling you, the word of God revealed to you produces faith, increases faith, strengthens faith on the inside of you. And then it becomes something of, if you can imagine, substance, spiritually speaking, to which you can stand on, your faith can stand on and be anchored from, to when you apply that to things in your life, your faith will prevail. The Word of God will prevail. So this can't be a motivational message. This has got to be the Word of God ministering to your spirit in all of these weeks that God has a plan for your life, and you become anchored and grounded in that truth, and that that alone is where the answers can be found. And so in the second week, we're going to go into seek, which is pursue, because God has given us indication of how we are to search this out. It's not like we figure out God created us for a purpose, and then the entire plan is downloaded to us all at one time. I know many of us would probably like that, but it doesn't work that way. We have to seek God to know his purpose for us because really it's in the seeking that we find him more and it's really all about the relationship that he's drawing us into with him anyway and he's revealing to us along the way the things that he has created us for. And then in week three, it's gonna be walk, which is the carrying out, the the walking out, the action of this life of this destiny that god has created us for when we hear and we receive we must respond right and so we are all going to have the bible says all of our days are numbered so however many days there are on this earth that we have we are going to be walking out attempting i should say to walk out the plan that god has for us so that we are fulfilled And that we are serving him as opposed to trying to fill that need or or live our lives in a way with anything that's misaligned with what God has planned for us. And then lastly is flourish. And if I'm being honest, I would say that this is probably one of the areas that I feel like the body of Christ needs as much as anything in today's day and age in the church. Is that we need Christians, we need believers who are growing and becoming mature in their faith, not just tossed to and fro in the wind, not holding loosely to conviction and principles, but actually like oak's like the cedars of Lebanon, the Bible refers to, that are strong and solid, immovable with strong root systems and able to be able to walk and live maturely in the life that God is calling us to and that there's a flourishing nature to that. So if you have uh, your Bibles, let's go ahead and dig in and turn to Jeremiah chapter 29. Jeremiah chapter 29. In verses 11 through 13, we're going to focus on verse 11, are some incredibly revealing scriptures to God having a plan and a purpose for your life. It reads this, For I know the thoughts that I have towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you a future and a hope. So the word thoughts, actually means, when you study that out in Hebrew, it means the plans, the Lord's devices, the divine design. So God's saying that He has prepared plans for us, that He has created steps and ordered things in our life that haven't even happened yet, that He has created us to walk in and accomplish. I know the thoughts or the plans, the design that I have created you for, says the Lord. And then He gives us some indication of what those types of plans will look like. Now this is some of that big picture, 30,000 foot elevation looking down stuff because we begin to see that this is something that speaks to all of our destinies. There are things about each of us that are unique and individual. We'll get into more of the discovery of that later. But there are things that are sort of embodying or covering all of those that God has called and, and, called and created with a purpose. And he says that I've created you with thoughts of Peace and not evil. So that word peace is the word in the Hebrew shalom, which means whole and undivided, content and at ease. And boy, do we need more people who are living from that place in today's day and age. I mean, you got people going, boom, 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 boom. They're all over the place. They're up and then they're down. And, you know, they're just all kind of just a stress ball all the time. And they're not living in this place of peace, which they were created and designed to live from all along. They're missing that. They're misaligned from that. They're outside of really the destiny, the purpose, the way God designed them to be able to walk. And, and, and so as a result, they're just kind of all over the place. I got this one lady in the church, and she's just always giving me problems. I mean, all the time. And I mean, you know, I have to go to her and say, look, you know, this is this is an issue. We got to deal with this. And then just, you know, all of a sudden come back around. Then there's another issue and another issue. And it's just, it's just never any. Finally, I'm, I'm wore out, right? And I'm just, I've had enough. So I sit her down and I finally, I just, I look her, look right across the table. I stare her straight in the eye and I say, look, Katie, this has got to stop. She's coming along. <laughs> We're getting there. But if, if God designed us to live from a place of peace, then that should look like how we live, right? He says also, I've given uh, thoughts of peace and not evil to give you a future and a hope. Future implies our latter days. Listen to this it is beyond this life. The purpose that God created you for is eternal. It's not finite. It's not bound and restricted by the laws of time that exist in this finite world. Yes, our purpose is a part of that is walking it out in the days here on earth. But we are created for eternity, for life in heaven with Jesus, for all of eternity after this. And it's in stepping into heaven with Jesus for all of eternity that the ultimate fulfillment of all of our purposes is had. And I don't know about you, but that kind of blows me away that the purpose that God has created me for and you for, it's eternal. It's not finite. It's not temporary. It's continual beyond this lifetime. And he says, for a future and for a hope. And in that word hope, when we examine that, we see that that means that there would be a longing, a desiring, a need for in us that's so deep that it could never be satisfied by anything else. Amen. Hallelujah. And I think that there's maybe a lot of people that haven't quite connected with that yet, but there's a rumbling, guys. I mean, there's a rumbling on the inside of every human being to know, where am I going after this? What, what am I created for? What is the purpose of all of this? And then once that, answer, once that question begins to get answered from the only source it can be answered from, then it's like those, that need is beginning to get filled and satisfied with the source from which we were created to have it filled by all along. And then all of a sudden, purpose and destiny starts to line up for us. And we begin to walk with purpose and live with purpose, not just think about it and wonder about it and aim for it, but we're living in that every single day. Amen? Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. Listen to this. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. Wow. So much in this one. The word form, before I formed you in the womb, means to create out of nothing. To create out of nothing. Did you know God is the only one who can do that? To create out of nothing? And it says that before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. So all of us are created by God. Therefore, it's God who has assigned the purpose to every one of his creation. Amen? He says before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And he says before you were born, I sanctified you. Now listen to this. The word sanctified means to be set apart to be designated or to be consecrated for. So the Lord in his creation of each and every one of us has designed activity, has designed days and things that are are heavenly, that are by divine design, that are assigned to and custom fit to each and every single one of us individually. Isn't that amazing? It set us apart for that. And, And for us to operate or to function in any way that's outside of that design, of outside what God has created for uh, us to live for, again, will only result in us experiencing emptiness, dissatisfaction, and being unfulfilled in any other pursuit that we try to live for or to walk in that we weren't created by God to do. And then we move into uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 9 and it says this it says that god has saved us and called us with a holy calling not according to our works but according to his own purpose and grace which was given to us in christ jesus before time began i'll leave that up there for just a second so go back one so he's saved us and called us with the holy calling That implies invitation. All right, you have to get this. That implies invitation. God is inviting all of us into the gift of salvation, eternal life, and to walk with this holy calling to which he's created us for. But it is that, it is an invitation. So think about, you know, you get an invite in the mail. And this is an invitation to a special event. It's being held in your honor. And it's being sent to you by your favorite person in the world. And so we look at this and you see that you're going to go to this great party. And and it's being held in your honor. and, And you receive the invitation from your pastor. Just kidding. So getting the invitation is great But it's only the first step. You have to do what with the invitation? Accept it. And then you have to show up. You have to respond. You know, God, his invitation is is there for all of us. He's saying, look, I've given my son to the world so that you could be saved, so that you could have eternal life. And I've created all of you with purpose and destiny but you have to step into that. You have to accept the invitation that God is extending to you in order to realize that and to fulfill that and ultimately to flourish in that. That is, which God is, that is the way God has created us for, but because we have to respond to that invitation, it's up to us to receive that and to act upon that once we discover it. Are you with me so far? And then he says, listen to this, it's not according to our works, so this is huge. <laughs> you have to know this, that you could never earn it. You could never do anything in your works or in your deeds that could merit your purpose and destiny being fulfilled. And, and I'm happy for that, actually. I, I'm very thankful for that because if that were the way we did it, then I would, we would all be falling up short constantly all the time. And be scrambling to pick the pieces up. But God says it's not in your works but it's according to his purpose and grace which was given to us in Christ Jesus. So grace means that the actual power of God and the favor of God is flowing into our lives so that we have the capacity to be able to fulfill our purpose. You remove the grace of God, the, imp- the power of God, from flowing into our lives, and we are incapable, folks, of taking one step down the path of the destiny to which God has created us for. But praise God, his grace is abundant and flows into us all the time we receive it by faith. And when His grace is flowing into our lives, then the full capacity is available for us to take every step and walk in the purpose and destiny to which He's created us for. Isn't that powerful? Second Timothy one nine, and then in Psalms one thirty nine, verses thirteen through sixteen, it says, "You formed my inward parts; you covered me in my mother's womb." I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and my soul knows them very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret, and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they were all written, the days fashioned for me, when as there were yet none of them. Wow, there we have the word formed again, which is created out of nothing. Let me just remind you that that's a lot like how it started in the book of Genesis. God created out of nothing. He spoke into existence. It's by the hand of our Heavenly Father that we were actually created, that we were brought to be, not by any other source outside of him. And he says that you covered, the psalmist says, you covered me in my mother's womb. Another version of that says you wove me in my mother's womb. Now, when we weave something, what do you have to have? You have to have more than one piece of fabric or one piece of string or garment. You use multiple pieces and you weave them together to create one thing. Listen, God has designed you in the most beautiful of ways. We are body, mind, and spirit And God has wove us together to create each and every one of us uniquely. And there are personalities, there are giftings, there are temperaments. not saying that we don't have to be tempered and God doesn't have to refine those things in us. He certainly does. But I just want to make sure that you understand and know that God did not make any mistakes when he made you. God never made a person, created and said, oh, Little too much of that. Oh, oh! I accidentally got a little too much of that in there. Never did God say such a thing about any person. God has made every single one of us precisely and perfectly as He has designed. He has wove us together. All the fibers of our being—body, mind, spirit, personality—everything. God has uniquely constructed each and every one of us to fulfill a specific purpose to which only we are created to fulfill. Beautiful. It says, marvelous are your works, which means surpassing or beyond miraculous. It means that it is beyond extraordinary or beyond, beyond one's own ability to be able to perform. So here we go again back to the grace of God is needed for us to walk in our purpose, but with the grace of God, we have everything we need in full capacity to be able to accomplish it. And listen to this. It says here that, uh, that when I was made, I was made in secret. Now, to be made in secret means hidden, unknown from anyone or anything besides God himself so think about this just logically no one else nothing else was there or saw the creation of you so how could anyone else or anything else understand or know the answer to your purpose besides God you were made in secret hidden from all things except for God himself now we're gonna get into this next week and I'm looking forward to going there but in seek We're going to talk about how, what did Jesus say? He said, when you come in to meet with me and to pray, he said, shut your door and come in and meet with me in the secret place that my Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Openly. Hallelujah. We're going to talk about how we have to get into the secret place with God to learn about those things which have been done in secret. And he is there waiting for us, petitioning us to come and enter in that he may show us and answer these things for us if we will dedicate and set apart the time that's needed to prioritize only for him and him alone in that secret place. Hallelujah, isn't that amazing? So he says, you were made in secret, but he says also, my soul knows very well. Folks, my prayer for all of us through this series, one of my prayers is that we would all be able in our heart to answer or to respond in such a way, to say something like, my soul knows very well that you have created me and formed me in this miraculous way. Because once we can genuinely glimpse into the scriptures and see this truth, then the heart, the, the, the spirit of the individual can only leap, can only jump and say, God, I'm just in awe. I mean, I'm just amazed, Lord, that you've made me and created me uniquely with purpose and destiny in this way. I pray that we all would say, oh, my soul knows it well. I don't understand it. It's beyond me, but my soul knows it, Lord. My mind can't comprehend it. My intellect can't be able to grasp it, but my spirit leaps because there's truth in there in me for that, and I know that that's what God's created me for. And to be able to know that and respond the way that the psalmist did. He says that, that your days were fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. Before there was ever even a day that you lived on the earth. Before you ever even took a breath. God already saw your existence. He already saw the plan that he had created. He already ordered and numbered the days of your life that you would walk in them. Another verse in Proverbs says that the Lord has ordered a man's steps, so how then can a man know his own way? God has prepared the most intimate of steps and details in our lives, and he is inviting us to walk into them. But he saw them, he knew them, and he authored them before we ever even took a breath in this life. Is that unbelievable? Another place it says, before the foundations of the earth were even formed. Unbelievable. And so the last one I want to hit on is in Ephesians chapter two, verse 10 It says, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in in them. You see a lot of the consistency of the language here that's being used in all these verses. God prepared them beforehand that we would walk in them. In this particular one, it says that we are his workmanship which basically means each and every one of us, are you ready for this? Are a masterpiece by the master craftsman (laughs) unbelievable God has created a masterpiece when he created you and he is the master craftsman to which we've been constructed by this is where his workmanship created in Christ Jesus again only through Christ and for good works meaning activity that aligns with godliness Activity that aligns with the character and nature of God all the steps all the days that he created us for are created in such a way that they align with God's nature God's word and his overall plan that he's using us for and it says that when we walk in them that means to actually be comprehensively about the business of doing Now, this is kind of powerful because what this means is that there's nothing else that's worthy of distracting my heart, my time, my energy than that which God has set before me, than that which he has created me to accomplish, to live for him and for him alone every single day. It's kind of mind-blowing, but there's never a second that passes by. There's never a moment of time because time was created by him that's outside of a purpose to which God has created us for. He's assigned purpose to every single thing he's created. And so, it's, it says that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that we would walk in them to be comprehensively about the business of doing. This is where we have to, you know, invest and dedicate ourselves to saying, "God, I'm going to seek you and I'm going to Not allow the cares of the world and the things of this life to interfere, to compete and vie for my attention, for my energy, and for my heart in a way where I'm like distributing myself to you but many other things as well, God. That's not the way that he would have it. That's not the way he's created it for. We have to be comprehensive, meaning fully devoted to him and the plan that he has for our lives as we are walking and pursuing this thing. And and there's a scripture in the book of Acts. This is one of those scriptures that's kind of like, once you hear it, you can't unhear it. And it kind of goes right past the brain, hard to even grasp, but just... Again, makes the spirit leap and jump. And it's in Acts 17, and it says that it's in him that we live and move and have our being. Powerful. Meaning the full ability of God flowing into our lives, the grace of God That it's in him that we live, that we move, that we breathe, that we have our being, that everything that we do or that we're created to accomplish, it's all happening in and through him and designed to be able to bring glory to him and the way that it's walked out and that it's fulfilled. And the last scripture that I would take you to uh, is in the book of Ephesians chapter 1, and in this is verses 11 and 12. And I love this. This is in the message version of the Bible. It says that it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living, part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and every one. Hallelujah. You see, there's the, this beauty of the uniqueness to each and every single one of us. This individual kind of plan, purpose, if you will, that He's created us for. But we see in, in this verse and others that it's actually about something bigger than even just us. That yes, there's a, a plan that's unique to all of our lives, But God is up to a big plan overall of building His kingdom. And each and every one of us, as we walk out God's plan for our life, we fit into, we contribute to, we we help to advance the overall plan that God has to build His kingdom here on earth. We're all knitted together, united together in that sense. Another place in the Bible, it speaks about it this way, it says that we're all like members of one body. So you've got a hand, you've got a foot, you've got these different members. They're all a part of the same body. You don't separate a member out of the body because then the body itself wouldn't be whole. But every single member plays its own function and contributes its own function to the edification and advancement of the body as a whole. I love this because we get this big picture that God is up to this big thing that we can't even fully understand but he's using us and he's leading and guiding us to accomplish his work here on earth where we will be fulfilled and accomplish and flourish in our destiny as he's laid it out before us but that heaven will be advanced and God's kingdom purposes will be established and built and furthered here on the earth as a result of every single one of us playing our part and I just want to leave you with this no one else that's ever lived or that will ever live is designed to play the part that you are designed to play no one else is created to contribute and to advance god's plan his kingdom in the way that you were uniquely and specifically created and designed to do i think that that mandates a response from us doesn't it does that not compel you to say, okay, God, I don't want to miss that. I don't want to live for anything else but that. God, you died for me, you saved me, and I want to devote my life to you. I want my life to play a part in your plan. And in doing so, we know that the blessing of God is that we will be fulfilled in that alone. I mean, isn't that amazing? And he says, you, I've got this plan for you. You walk in it, and the answers to the questions that are deep in your soul about eternity that are in your heart that I created you with will be answered, will be satisfied, and will be fulfilled in me and in me alone in this plan that I've created you for. Amen. Hallelujah. To God be the glory for that. Would you stand to your feet with me today?